Hey everybody, welcome to Poolbox Pals. I am Monk, that is Mark over there. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> fine, I was just going to state what you said. Good. I'm Mark. <laughs> Good job, we did it. Yeah, um, yeah and we are the Poolbox Pals. We are a little comic book based podcast. Um, this is episode number two. And something that I wanted to say right off the bat uh, was that this podcast is brought to you by the IWEP Network. That is the Interviews with Everyday People Network. We got a little logo up here. There it is. Um, good buddies of mine here in Pennsylvania uh, have a little podcast network, and they were gracious enough to put us on it. So just wanted to say a shout out and a thank you to them because we missed them last episode saying thanks to them. So, uh, yeah, um, and thank you guys for for watching and listening and all that stuff. Really, really appreciate that. Um, sure. Yeah, Mark, how you feeling? How you feeling about this? I'm I'm ready, man. I'm you ready seem pretty chat. stoked for for this episode. I am. I I, I feel like I, uh, I don't know. I really I really enjoyed what I uh, have to offer. Like we're doing just the the digging, nice the comics. <laughs> well, hey, why don't we uh, why don't we just get right into it then? So. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like we just have to say this is like there's so many comic books, you know, and we only have so much time. And like, obviously, we're not going to be able to cover everything, but hopefully we can cover stuff that's new and interesting and uh, a little indie. I've, you know, um, I mean, Star Wars is probably the least indie thing, but we're going to be, uh, yeah, doing the full <laughs> spectrum, I would assume. Yeah, we'll 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 have like some Marvel and DC stuff and some mainline comics every so often. Like, but there might just like be features. Um, yeah. But yeah, we try to read more uh, indie stuff, but then also with the mainline stuff, we try to keep caps. Right. So, yeah, I I need to start reading DC stuff more because I don't at all. But I I, I wanted to do this new. I had this idea of just pretty much whenever I see a DC comic cover that attracts me i'm like oh i'm gonna buy that comic even if it's like a random issue in an arc i'm just gonna buy it just off of like a whim and just be like is this a good comic yeah because um, i kind of think that comics should be able to stand on their own you know it shouldn't just be like a part of a major arc it should they, you know, should, they should but it's also too like you know back in the older comics you used to get like the editor's notes of saying like for more on this, you can go back to this issue, and like that still happens right. uh, in some of the mainline stuff. But um, yeah, a comic should be able to stand on its own and make you want to go back and read the rest of the story from before and then what's happening after. Right. Yeah, because I think I mean this doesn't really. I said we were going to get into it, but now we're talking about something else. But <laughs> I I really don't like the fact that you know it's so based around trade paperbacks just sell trade paperbacks it doesn't matter if yeah. the story suffers from trying to do filler so you can get those extra issues in but yeah. it's you yeah i i was just thinking about annuals earlier and how much i appreciate those because those are usually just one solid story contained and yeah yeah but anyways that's that's what i think about trade paperbacks and the like yeah and then while we're on the subject of mainline comics and dc uh you saw batman over the weekend right or, uh last uh, weekend batman? yeah last weekend yeah well, i yeah. guess this is the new weekend so it's been out for a week yeah uh what's your hot take on it hot take i don't think i have any hot take that's you know hasn't been took already but uh i enjoyed <laughs> it it's it I, well i said to you i was texting i'm like 
I think it's one of the best Batman stories because I think mm-hmm. we get really good tales of Bruce Wayne, like in the Dark Knight, wanting to be the Dark Knight trilogy is a lot about yeah. Bruce Wayne, and I would say a lot more about the villains. Yeah. Whereas Batman is kind of the consequences of that universe. Whereas yeah. in this one, it seems like this is just like who from the perspective of Batman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, What's your hot take? Yeah. I mean, I loved it. And I like the way that I kind of like framed it after you, you had told me there, what you said about like, it, it is just a complete Batman film that can stand on its own. And it kind of is like an annual or like a one shot in the terms of like, comics like it just stands well on its own um apart from the rest of what we've already gotten from batman um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's like the dark knight trilogy it's i mean that'd be like a mini series in comics right it's just yeah you get three to six issues that are eventually going to be again their own trade paperback uh their own comic but like yeah the batman seems like it was just already a graphic novel just ready to come out Um, yeah and then like all batman movies too and this is why i I don't know this is the common thread through i think i feel batman films throughout history is that like the villains always actually make it Mm -hmm. like it like there's there's few people who can actually play the part of batman and bruce wayne and like do them both well um Mm -hmm. but what batman's been pretty consistent on is choosing the people that they have act out their villains and i thought paul dano just absolutely killed it as the riddler yeah like yeah i guess that's something i'm (laughs) I'm not giving Uh, him enough credit either for just being, I mean, yeah, there was some scenes where I'm like, oh, this is a little over the top, like when he's yelling and stuff, but I'm just like, yeah, this is how a, like somebody this deranged would kind of respond to these things, you know? And like, not to dog on Pattinson, I thought Pattinson did great, but we just didn't see him have to balance the dynamic between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Cause even when he was out of Batman costume, he was still Still, being Batman. He still stood there like Batman and looked around like Batman. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's because it's year two and he has two. And that's the other beauty of it too, is just like, you know, uh, they say like, you know, homesickness, like when you move away from somewhere, like it takes about like two years to really gather like just hmm. every everything that you've brought into it. So like meeting new people, figuring out like how to like network that. Like it can take eight. Oh, did we lose you? Well, I'll just keep going uh, and hopefully Tim will come back. But um, yeah, it just like it takes a year and a half to two years to really like settle into something new. And we're picking up right where Gordon and uh Batman are really just starting to begin to trust each other. And I thought that, that was great. Um, let's see here if we can get Tim back. There he is. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I don't know what just happened there. No, no worries. I, I continued my little stitch. Good. Uh, that you're a professional. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, I try to be a professional in everything that I do. <laughs> well, an- another thing that I'll say is after I watched this movie, I was like, Batman needs to be a TV show, not a movie. There's too much. There's too much. You just can't do all of Batman in a three trilogy movie arc. Like, no. it's just, it's too much. Yeah. And so I think a Batman TV show would do, financially, it wouldn't do as well. And because, you know, TV shows just don't do as well in the financial world. But in 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 the aspect of te- being able to tell a story, TV mm-hmm. would work way better for for Batman. Well, especially in the day and age of, you know, how the MCU is running things with putting miniseries uh, in with the MCU movies. 
Yeah. Like DC could be doing that with Batman. Um, and I'd, yeah. I'd watch that. Oh yeah. Everyone and their sister would like yeah. it's yeah. All right. Well, you want to get into this, uh, Chewie and Han Solo. Let's do comic? it. Um, I said it I backwards. Got, it's all right. I got my copy right here. Let's see if I can get the glare off of it. There we go. Uh, this is just the regular cover that came out. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy. I really, really enjoyed it as a as a kickoff to a new ongoing series. Um, the guy who's writing it right now is the same guy who's doing uh, Last Flight Out, which I talked about last week. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. um, and then the guy who's doing the artist, he has a good record of like a lot of Star Trek comics. That that's what I've seen that he's done the most of. But something else that would be familiar to us is that uh, he's also dabbled in Star Wars already with War of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, so really? He, he did some of the artwork in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Han Solo and Chewbacca number one, it is a new ongoing series. Uh, it's set a few years before uh, episode four, A New Hope. So this is pre okay. This is like before the solo uh, tract crosses with Skywalkers. Yeah, because uh, I was, when I was reading it, I'm like, I don't know when this is set. And I, because yeah. I just didn't look into it. Well, and like, it's kind of misleading too, because like the, the first frame of the comic is Han and Carbonite. But right. then you also, but so like that's the only like projection into the future I think that we saw throughout this this comic. But it also played back a lot into his past as well. Yeah. Um, but it was just like sometime before a new hope came out, um, and it's called the Crystal Run, uh, Part One. Uh, so this is the golden age of the criminal enterprise. So Job of the Hutt's running quite a bit. Um, Hans got to do a job that with Chewbacca and Greedo. And we all know that, uh, you know, who shot first, Han or Greedo? Uh, that's Han one. That, <laughs> that, so that's, that's a one. Okay. So here's just, here's what I'll say about, I mean, I know you're kind of still giving the, the placement of the story. Yeah, or no whatever, worries, man. But <clears throat> I'm really excited about this series. I don't know if I'll keep, I don't know if I'll just wait for a trade paperback or if I'll keep going, but I am really excited to see Han Solo as a smuggler because I feel like we never oh, yeah. really get to see that. We mostly hear about him as a yeah. smuggler. Well, and, and that's the... what this is. It is it's a dive into the folklore of, of Han and Chewie. So this okay. is, you know, this is post solo movie, which you know, people have their opinions on. Like it had the potential to be better than it was. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. but it was it's not the best Star Wars movie out there. But yeah, we're we're gonna see this run of Han and Chewie. Uh, together being smugglers and doing their job and then we're also getting you know with Greedo being in this first issue and we don't I don't know what's what the future holds for for Greedo in terms of the comic book series but I know where his endpoint is and so now we're getting yeah. a lot of background to the relationship between Han and Han Solo and and Greedo and it's going to add that much more like emotion and excitement to that scene in A New Hope mm. so and this and this again this is what I love about the Star Wars comics is that they give us more to talk about and add to the stories that we already know and grow up with. It's mm. not, and like, this is kind of where like Marvel, I feel like is struggling is that they're still just like regurgitating, but star Wars has given Marvel and a few other comic book publishers, the freedom of a blank slate and just being like, we're going to start filling in all these gaps and comics seem to be used more as like reference points. Like they are Canon, but it also mm. seems, and I think I talked about this last week, um, but it also seems like the the movies and the shows are going to be able to alter the canon. Like they they're like tier one 
whereas like comics might be like tier two or three. I don't know where they stand in terms of like novels. Um, and actually, I'll get into that more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that more uh, when we get to the next part of Star Wars. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the, I did the too. Yeah, I felt a, like a, go on. I felt like when I was reading it, it was very classic. I mean, classic in the you know saying it's only been out since 2015, but it felt very much like a Star Wars comic. And oh yeah, it's, it's I love reading those. It's, it's what you would expect from Han and Chewie. Like it was yeah. just very very classic. Like I can hear their voices and their attitude and just feel their like body language in the pages. Uh, so again, a shout out to the artwork for it. I, yeah, I, the artwork was great again i'm like i said i don't know if i'm gonna jump on it every week just because yeah. of like money constraints and whatever but yeah i'm excited to see i it's definitely a uh arc i will read eventually you know if not yeah well and especially too if thing. you have the if you have the marvel unlimited you just have to wait three months and i know i need to get that but it's i, I need to cancel some other subscription crap so i can get that yeah um but yeah so Basically, it's just this is Han and Chewie looking for their next big score. They it kind of starts with them finishing a job. Um, and they yeah, so they sorry, let me look at my notes here. So they introduce a new character. Uh, I don't know if, if you caught it when you uh, were reading it, but uh, whenever Star Wars mentions the new name of somebody that's never existed before, you can probably count on them returning. And so there was, uh, I believe her name would be Keltana. And yeah. it's it's very clear that she detests Han right off the bat, which is a pretty common theme for Han. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty classic Han. Pretty classic Han. But yeah, we'll see in what capacity she returns. Uh, she was working on the previous job with Han before he went on this uh, job with Greedo and Chewie. Um, but yes, uh, but anyways, it, it, the, the story kind of starts with Han having to go back to his home world in which he swore he would never go back to, which again mm -hmm. is where... Uh, no, they didn't. Did Han and Chewie meet on Corellia uh, in the movie? I can't. I remember. think so. I think that they I, are on Corellia, and he I can't got remember. thrown down in the pits. But I have to watch the movie again. Um, Don't we all? But yeah. And then by the end of it, um, Han bumps into a a, a person. Uh, who knows him from his past? And yeah, I don't, don't want to. Don't no need to spoiler that one because that got spoiled for me on like an art. Like I just looked in an article. I just googled and I'm like, ah, oh, like really, that could have been. Here's what I'll say about Star Wars because I'm I'm thinking about this with Greedo and this kind of thing. Um, the I won't spoil it, but the the ending of the comic. There's a lot of things where I, I don't. There's a lot of worlds or whatever. Where I'm like, it's okay to not cover every every corner of it you know you can just let yeah. that exist but star wars for me is the only exception to that it's just like cover everything i don't care cover you know like, right? like and then like even there's a part of me that's like if in 20 years they want to be like none of that like that's the second old canon we're doing it again i'll be like fuck yeah keep going because it's just yeah. like it's it's just legends it's there's tales you know like yeah. i want because that's how would how george lucas started this thing was you know they were stories that he would tell his kids at night and yeah. so it's like that's how you want that to continue is like it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's real or not it's what's important is the telling of the fun stories you know yeah and that and again that's just on the fun stories like that's what george lucas uh brought to us in the beginning is you know star wars he says has always been for the kids it's for adults entertainment too but it's it's written so that kids can enjoy and right. have a hero and a team 
of cl like collaborating peers just working together for a common goal which is yeah the case and of seeing, star wars like, mostly about a search of, for hope so right and just seeing like good classic like hero archetypes you know yeah like nothing wrong with that yeah um yeah anything else you want to say about this thing uh yeah so han and, han and chewy uh I, I give it a, a you know two thumbs up. I don't I don't know how we're if we're gonna rate comics. Yeah, but, we need a rating know. system, but we'll figure it. Out. Well, I guess well okay. So here's a rating. Is it gonna be in your pool box? Are you adding it to your pool box? I'm gonna put it in my pool box. Yes. Okay. There um, you go. But I try to stay in in I'm I'm trying to stay in time with uh, Star Wars as it comes out. Um, right. Because otherwise but, it just gets spoiled for me by watching something on YouTube, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna enjoy the comics so much because yeah. I've already heard somebody's opinion about it. I uh yeah it's it's probably not going to be added in my pool box but I already said that but it's not yeah. that I'm not gonna read it it's just that it, there's so many comics out there and and there is this thing with Star Wars and this is kind of how I read it because I I started reading the initial run of Star Wars after it was pretty much done yeah so there's a part of me it's just like I'm used my relationship with Star Wars comics is to just kind of plow through them yeah and so I've done that with like a lot of my trade paperbacks that I bought and other such things so. That's kind yeah, of just my, I would I would say too if you're just now getting into Star Wars comics, um, you know if you're if you're on a budget just and you want to plow through it, just pay for a month of Marvel Unlimited and you could probably plow through every Star Wars comic that's on there in a month. But um, if you also just want to have the feel of the, the the paper in your hands, just get the trade paperbacks or the volumes that come out and just read them that way. It overall it's cheaper than going back and finding the comics. So right, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else left to say about Han Chewie. Yeah. So let's let's get into your the new one. This is the new comic for you, right? That released. Yeah. This last week. Let me go ahead and grab these real quick. So I went to my comic book shop. I forget what day. I think on Wednesday. And I was walking around, and so we're talking about New Masters here. So this is New Masters number one and new masters number two and new masters number two came out this week and <clears throat> so you know it's two issues in. i figured you know i could uh just start reading them and see how it goes and uh the comic is by <clears throat> it's by two brothers shobo and shaf coker and they are both nigerian uh creators and i am ever since uh i I learned this term. I've been a big fan of it because I didn't know, you know, how to describe it first. But uh, I love Af terms. Afro Afrofuturism, and it is very Afro much futurism. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of like what Black Panther was of just like this yeah. idea of what is what is a technologically advanced Africa look like. Um, and this story does take place in the continent of Africa. It is it's it's I think I have. Uh, it's essentially like a just a Star Warsian kind of sci-fi world where um, there's a lot of intergalactic trading, and so there's a lot of like mining for materials on you know what kind of makes the material valuable is if it's rare to the planet, if it's oh, only yeah. found on this thing and and you know not on other ones, and so that's what kind of how how the it's very poor like it's a futuristic world but everyone's kind of poor because of just let's say just the overwhelmings of capitalistic demands and so they're trying to find the last of these rare um 
object that's on earth and yeah it's just it's been a very interesting i mean it's just to the first issue was interesting because they set up a lot of characters over the 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 breadth of this universe so you had like a very poor person you had somebody high in politics you had some other people and so it was kind of very spread out and then the second issue was kind of brought all those people together and kind of showed their narratives so yeah. it was interesting that they and I, I enjoyed this. It was the world started out very large and then became small, but the largeness of the world still um, persisted through that. Like, it didn't seem like it was just like, oh, it just, I don't know. It didn't seem to go away. It just seemed consistent. And, but it also seems like, like I said, like it seems very Star Wars, but it's not so Star Wars in the effect of like it's huge for the whole galaxy. It's more of just like, well, what is this person up to? What's it like for an every average day person? Even with like a lot of, you know, the solo or the a lot of the well, I was going to say solo Star Wars stuff, meaning like the individual characters or whatever. It's still very like big galactic, like we have to stop the Empire. We're stealing a ship from the Emperor or whatever it is, you know, like very large. Yeah. But this is seems very just close to, uh, yeah, whatever. It's it's very close to these individuals who are um, a part of the story. Hi, Anthony. Not, Thanks for saying hi. Sorry, it's just, not, it's, it sound. Uh, hi, hi, Anthony. Who's that? <laughs> Somebody in the comments said hi, Anthony, oh. the leader of the IWEP network. Thank oh, you, yeah, my buddy. That is hello, Anthony. Um, but yeah, it so kind of it kind of sounds a little Blade Runnery too. It is, yeah. So it seems like the art is very Blade Runnery in so far as like kind of like, oh yeah. I mean, there was a good, just kind of like, oh. Uh, dark yeah. future you know a rainy future whatever um yeah just random stuff so yeah i'm is it gonna be added to my pool box i don't know i'll probably read issue three and then see if that's something that i enjoy um and then i'll just go from there but i is it a, I, is it a new ongoing series or is it a mini series? i think it's limited because it's uh it's image and they usually do kind of yeah. smaller arcs at first and then if it's good they'll continue it on yeah which honestly i think is the best way to go because i hate when a comic ends ends being like this is going to be a series you know because i'm like just yeah. fucking tell a story you know like i don't mm -hmm. i don't need you to be setting up this as a movie you know everyone wants to be the mcu and i'm like i don't need that i need good stories you know we already have the mcu yeah. yeah be be you buddy like you're gonna be better at yeah anyways so yeah i would definitely just recommend checking that out um yeah and that's all i gotta say about that right on. what are we on well, to now well now we're gonna dive back into uh what i'm considering our spotlight feature of star wars is uh high republic uh i talked a little bit about it last week um but uh phase one just came to an end uh couple weeks ago um and i have the order well okay let's let's get into this so if you don't know what star wars high republic is it was announced uh back in february 2020 so like right before the pandemic started and for me it was just like oh cool some new reading material to look forward to during this shitty time of life yeah. um but basically lucasfilm got uh 
five writers to work on this together and collaborate at Skywalker Ranch. And it was uh, Kevin Scott uh, and Charles, uh, I think it's Scholl. I don't know how to say his last name properly. It might just be Soul. Um, Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, but they both have authored or written a lot of the comics that we've read in Star Wars as well. But they've also written a lot of indie. They're just kind of across the board. Uh, There's also Claudia Gray. She's uh, written a few Star Wars novels already. Uh, Daniel Jose Older was kind of a a new guy to Star Wars. His first work uh, came out towards the end of the first phase. And then Justina Ireland's been writing a lot of the young adult novels for the series. Um, And she also took part in some more of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, But yeah, so they developed it uh, at Skywalker Ranch. These five authors just sat in a room. I'm not sure if Lucas was present, but I know... uh, Who's the like the controversial guy from Lucasfilm? Who's like he's like the encyclopedia, but he doesn't. Um, Dave, uh, Dave Fioni is that his name? No, not 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 him. Not him. Uh, um, I can't remember his name. That he he's been in some controversy with some like Star Wars YouTubers because he like doesn't like them, okay. and he's well, yeah, he's, every <laughs> no one but, hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, so he he's been in he's had some controversy there, but um, basically the idea though, of the high Republic, it stemmed from kind of two concepts. The first one was um, from one of Obi-Wan Kenobi's earliest uh, lines about the Jedi and a new hope. He said that they were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so who are these people? And like, I know that there was the legends old Republic, and I don't think that the higher Republic and the old Republic are the same thing. But I think that the High Republic is at a time when the Jedi were at their highest. So it is the High Republic. Um, But then the second question uh, became, what scares the Jedi? So if the Jedi are at their height, what what would scare them? And so, yeah, there's all this media that came out. It's cross-platform. So, I mean, here's the Star Wars magazine. This is where High Republic started. Uh, The first short, short story was featured in here. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty and sick. Then, and then simultaneously, the main novel, Light of the Jedi, which is what Phase One is called, is Light of the Jedi, came out, and the companion books as well. The young adult novel, uh, Into the Dark, came out. Uh, Test of Courage came out. I have kids, so I read these books <laughs> to my kids. Um, and then also, Don't lie. you would have bought these. You would have bought. Oh, these I did. I, I, I bought these for me. But uh, reading it to my kids gave me an excuse. But yeah, so this is like for my daughter. I read this one too. It came with like stickers and stuff. I'm like, no, you can't use the stickers. They're staying in here. <laughs> uh, but then the first comic that came out uh, was this one right here. So I got to use the right. camera angle. And you have yeah, that one right there. In the I have background. it sitting right back here too. And then these are three of the main characters you want to pay attention to in the comics. Uh, whoops. Uh, so this, gosh dang it, this is Keith, Kiev Trennis and this, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name. She's like one that's kind of in all of them, uh, Avar Chris. Okay. And then this is Master Skier, who is her, uh, master. Master. So she's a Padawan when this all starts off. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where High Republic started. Um, and they ended up having a total, so three novels, three young adult novels, three junior novels, and three young readers came out over phase one. There's three waves, so three for each one. Uh, there's six short stories that are going to put be put into one collection soon. There's a few audio dramas. There's a reference book coming out soon. There was 31 
issues of comics released um, okay. over in over, total. In total, so IDW also has the High Republic Adventures. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I can you explain that because I'll I'll see that out too. What's what's the relationship between? So them? it's it seems to me that High Republic Adventures deals more with like Padawans, uh, like coming of age stories. Okay. Uh, so these are these are Padawans in the High Republic era who are either just starting being Padawans or they're kind of at the end of being a Padawan and close to becoming a, a, a Jedi Knight. Um, but then there's also 11 mini series of comics and that made a total of six collections overall. So two per wave um, overall. And then there's two manga volumes that came out as well. So oh, really? there is a, yeah, so there's a lot, a lot of material I've probably read or listened to like 90% of it. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really, really fun because again, going back to, I guess, just Obi-Wan, like another famous saying of Obi-Wan is from a certain point of view. Mm -hmm. And so like the story that I read to my daughter, the night we got, this was, uh, it took place within the main novel, but like, okay. it wasn't talked about in the main novel. It was mentioned in the main novel, but the story is told here. And like, that's, that's also also how this one took place like the characters in this one showed up at the end of the first book um and so it really is just like fun so if you're wanting to be immersed in like a really fun star wars world where it's the jedi um mm. just having to deal with lots of shit across the galaxy yeah. it's great but it all came to an end with a comic um this is called high republic the eye of the storm mm. this is the main villain here um He's kind of this, I don't know, we don't really know much about him other than he came from like the outer, like far outer rim. Yeah. And he leads a, a band of like gangsters essentially called the Nihil. Okay. And they, they just start a bunch of shit for the Jedi. And so basically, uh, just to kind of give a quick overview without giving out too much is that the stories all start out with uh, there's peace across the galaxy the Jedi and the Republic just built this thing called Starlight Beacon, which would be kind of like the International Space Station, but probably much larger and grander. Right, for and, an actual, like, it's like yeah. International Space Station. It's like Intergalaxy Space Station. Yeah, and so the, the Starlight Beacon was meant to be like a projection of hope to the Outer Rim to let them know, like, we are all we are all Republic. We are all one. It's mm -hmm. so like that's the goal of the Jedi and the Republic. But the Nihil are the ones who kind of run the outskirts of the Outer Rim, and they don't like that they're coming in. And mm. they have a secret weapon, a couple secret weapons that the Jedi just don't expect. And so by the by the beginning, you have Starlight Beacon fully intact and brand new. And by the end of Phase One, uh, at the end of uh, that this last comic I showed you, yeah. he's basically running things, and Starlight Beacon is no more. Yeah, because I saw that one of the issues had it was like a remake of the first issue, and it had like a, a broken version of the light beacon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so damn it, Mark, I think you might have sold me on this. This sounds really interesting. I I bought a Heir to the Empire a while back, and yeah. I never I never started it, um, mostly because I'm a bad novel reader. But I, audiobooks. I I know, but I I don't I just doesn't feel the same to me. You're um, right, but. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate about this is it seems like they did the exact opposite of what they did with the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy. 
instead of just being like, we're just going to make it up as we go. It seemed yeah. like they were very intent about like mapping out yeah. where things were going to go. And I think with a world like Star Wars, you, you absolutely need that. And, well, and, and, and yeah. too, it's like the authors behind High Republic, they started like it was first started being talked about as Project Luminous at the end of 2018. That's okay. so that's when like Lucasfilm was like really in the background, like trying to figure out how this thing was happening. They didn't announce it until February of 2020. So there was over a year of like time to like plan this story out. And like there's, you know, you can go on YouTube and find the documentaries of the authors working together and sitting in an office planning out these characters and where they're going to fit in this just massive story. Um, but yeah, so phase one ended, phase two. So now it's on a little bit of a hiatus. Phase two comes back in uh, October. Um, and I believe it's going to start out with a new author for the Higher Public series. Her name is Zoreda Cordova. Um, and she's uh, bringing us a novel called Convergence. Nice. Um, and I phase two is called Quest of the Jedi. Nice. So. I wonder if they're going to do any sort of like uh, full, like phase one pack you know if i can just buy phase one you know what i mean yeah well and i mean again too i already i already know that there's going to be some youtuber who like probably loves it uh far more than i do because i i like it a lot but i'm not going to make an overview of the entire phase one right yeah <laughs> I no i mean like something that, you could so. like something i could buy like get like all the well, issues yeah. all the books all that stuff that's what i i really want i'm i'm sure something will, will come out that'll yeah. help that out but um oh and the other thing too uh for people looking forward to star wars tv shows is that the high republic is rumored to end when the acolyte series releases okay nice. so that's that's supposed to be like the end of an era for the jedi and that's when we're probably going to start seeing maybe some sith come in right so that's exciting yeah sweet man that sounds you you I genuinely, I, I started reading, like, because I have the High Republic here, and I think I started reading to, like, issue three or something like that. But I just kind of fell off of it, mostly because it did seem like there was a lot. And I was, I always get, I, I, I can't remember if I said this earlier about Star Wars, but I was thinking it is, I get so nervous when I'm reading Star Wars because I'm scared that it'll, what if it's bad? You know, like, that's, I have that fear of, like, oh, no, what if I read a Star Wars thing and it's bad? Because it's mostly been good, which is, like, the craziest thing because there's so much to it, you know? Like, at most, I'm just, like, a little bit bored, but I've, that rarely happens. It's usually, like, a good, the story keeps rolling along. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, that's, I think that's part of the reason why I like to read them in bulk, like I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, just being, like, let's just plow through this instead of, like, holding on every week, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking this stuff out because it sounds yeah. sounds really enjoyable. It's really, it's, I really it's, like the idea it's really of exciting. I really like the idea of living in the Star Wars universe and not dealing with any of the Skywalker saga stuff. Like because yeah. it's it's so big, it's so vast, like you can just leave it. It's an it's oh, it's it's, it's brilliant yeah. to me. Good. Like to step out, I mean, the Skywalker saga will probably always be the core of Star Wars, but just mm -hmm. the fact that there's so many lovable characters and so many characters that already have a lore built up mm -hmm. that Star Wars is now just going to continue to explore. And yeah, they're going to bring in new characters. It's like I also said last week, I love that the book of Boba Fett brought in a bunch of comic book characters. Like I love that Black Kirsten's hand showed up in that series. Mm -hmm. um, 
and going again like the new series obi-wan's coming out but it's like in the comic series i'm sure you read this one but like obi-wan faces off with kirsten tan and like the scar that we saw on kirsten tan's face in book of boba fett that was given to him by obi-wan in this comic book fight that's pretty sweet so yeah yeah, yeah. well good on star wars man good on star wars there. i'm sure we're gonna be talking about star wars a lot because we're both big fans but uh yeah yeah good stuff yeah and yeah, I, I also want to preface too, like i've loved star wars like uh, a new hope is the first movie i can remember watching i was like three or four years old and i watched it on a laser disc oh really? <laughs> you know? yeah it was like wow. one of the first movies i have in like living memory um wow. Uh, seeing but so it's just it's always been something for me to like grow up with and just mm. enjoy but by no means am i like an encyclopedia of star wars like i love the stories but oh my um, gosh well there's, some, there, there's people that know a lot more about it than i do well here's okay so i realized this with my relationship with star wars is that like because you and i both know that there are people out there who like know exponentially more than we ever will about star wars yeah but as with There's, most things but, in life <laughs> but right but then we know more more crap than just like your average person so like yeah. people like look at us and be like i just know luke sky like the you know han leia chewy and we're oh, yeah. like well what about like i can't think of any like random hut at the moment or, or you know what i mean just like yeah so, there's there's so much lore and there's so many levels to it and here's what i'll just say to all of it is like enjoy where your relationship with it and don't demean anybody else because of their relationship with it right and and again fair point because i also say that that applies just in real life with everything right. it's just that I, yeah but we, we can get into that in another time in another conversation sure <laughs> well you ready to switch into jeff lemire discussion yeah so you're gonna kick it off with uh little monsters little, little monsters yeah yeah, I got that over here. Did you you read this, right? I'm trying. Uh, I did. Yeah, I. Uh, okay, and we I actually got the same. So this is a variant cover, but I do believe that we got the same cover. Yeah, I got right? mine right here. Yeah. Nice. Look at you having it boarded and boxed or uh, bagged and boxed already. Yeah, I'm a little um, obsessive about it. <laughs> it's okay. It's better to be because then I have to do like I literally am looking at like what has to be thirty comics that are on. You know unbagged and boxed right now so then i just sit here and i do them all one night and i organize them and it's a pain in the ass so if i just did it every week it would be a lot easier than uh you know once scheduling a month stuff's key man <laughs> uh, you're not wrong buddy you're not wrong yeah. anyways uh so little monsters it is written by jeff lemire who we're going to be talking about a lot going forward um and also dustin nijin i assuming how you say that excuse me if i'm saying it wrong yeah. um let me just read the publisher summary before we go into it uh they are the last children on earth who also happen to be vampires for longer than they can remember these children these children vampires have lived a life of eternal wonder amongst the ruins of humanity but shocking events fractured the group and set them on a path of discovery that will shatter their innocence forever um so yeah so just issue number one new lemire um yeah i thought it was mostly just a lot of world building of just being like this is it these are who these characters are and one thing that i really love about jeff lemire is that he is such a storyteller you know what i mean yeah like he's not a person that just does dialogue or and not that yeah. that's wrong there's not a 
and there's a decent amount of dialogue in this, but he's very much just trying to relay either a feeling or a a moral or whatever it is. But yeah. you know, I one thing I, I can say that I really respect about him is that it always feels like he has an arc. You know, it's he's mm-hmm. never going in just trying to, you know, because I, I feel like sometimes when I'm reading comics, they change as they yeah. like I'm like, oh, this seems to have shift from where it was originally starting but he just seems so consistent and i wonder if it's just how his writing style is if he just like writes it all and then breaks it up or yeah you know but uh i i uh i really enjoy his stuff it uh one of the things too and uh we'll get into it more i think as we talk about the the next uh two of his works that we're featuring but you have to sit with his writing like mm-hmm. this isn't like his comics are fun and exciting, but in a way where it's like, you're not trying to blow through the pages be like, what's happening next? What's happening next? Like you're more sitting on the pages being like, what's happening now? Yeah. Like on these pages. And like, you really have it's to very, soak it in. It's very contemplative. It Yeah. And especially uh, one that we'll be talking about May's book, I think is the most out of all of that, but Oh um, yeah. Let's not, let's not wander too far off this track, but one of the things too I want to say about Little Monsters, and sorry mm. if I step on your toes here. But, oh no, um, go ahead. Uh, Jeff Lemire, if he's not doing the artwork himself, he picks or to ch- he works with really good artists. Yeah, I I love the artwork of Little Monsters. Uh, Dustin Guyans, uh, yeah, it's just it really sets the tone for like what what you're supposed to feel in the comic. Mm. That it's this like this kind of lord of the flies meets lost boys um and it's just kind of this dark world with some bright kind of backing background to it yeah i'm 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 so curious i don't think this is ongoing right i'm pretty sure it's just i don't, I don't think three issues a three it's only three jesus it's only three issues yeah. wow um so then yeah i'll probably definitely pull it every week because it's just three issues but um yeah uh Wow, three issues. So that's it might be more, but based on like the my my source for keeping tabs on what's upcoming, it says there's only three, but it it could be more. I mean, we saw then we see that with uh silver coin. Wasn't it just like initially supposed to be six issues? And they're like, Oh, this is great. (laughs) I I would I wouldn't be surprised. I'm so happy that that's another we will definitely be talking about that a lot, I'm sure. Oh yeah. But I I I if this if it is three, I will fucking like I will lose. I will be so happy because I'm like I was saying earlier. I'm just tired of reading long arcs. It's just like, and again, like going back to how much I can respect Jeff Lemire of just being like, I'm just going to tell you the story. It doesn't matter how many issues it is because I'm, I just want to relay this to you. Yeah. But I'm not a huge fan of vampires, mostly because I don't really like. I've never yeah. grew up with any like any vampire narrative around me or or anything like that. But it's. I like that he's taking a, a big swing by like taking two things and mixing them together. It's like end of the world. Well, he's taking kind of three things really. It's end of the world, you know, child, uh, like children and like discovering the world and also vampires and mixing them all together and just being like, what's, what's, uh, yeah, what's, what's going to happen from all of this? What is the thing that's going to shatter their innocence, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil the the ending of the first issue, but how it ends is there's you know the last last page of it kind of shows at least for this one character what his worldview is going to be opening, and I'm a yeah. little like how did 
do you not if you've been around for like forever how did you not stumble across something like this before you know yeah because just out of pure morbid boredom you would explore every nook and cranny of the world you know yeah but again i'm 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 not, i don't really want to criticize it because you know what's the i what's the point i haven't experienced the whole story yet i don't know so like yeah. um yeah I, I, I love vampire lore like oh do you really i do i um my my favorite series that ever came out there's a there's another author he's written quite a bit of like moon knight for marvel and i think he has a few of his own like comic series on some indies his name's charlie houston and he wrote the the joe pit the the joe pit case books okay um if anybody that's watching and listening has uh read those before like let me know what you thought of those i read they came out like right after i finished high school so <laughs> a long time ago sure. um yeah. but they were just like super fun they're about 250 page books and i read each there's five of them i read all five of them like the, the day they were released i like sat down and i just read straight through them really uh yeah there's it's just like a really cool like setting of like these vampire like gangs that are across the different boroughs of new york mm. and they're all like a different it it'd be like comparing uh you know catholics versus greek orthodox versus protestants like just sure. the differences between what it means to be a vampire and like how you're supposed to live it's right. it's pretty exciting and like the main character is just this rogue vampire who like he doesn't choose to be a part of any of the gangs um and he but he'll like do side jobs for all of them which causes him problems because the gangs don't like that he works for the other gangs and there are all these different tiers too so it, it's really fun and then i mean dracula has always been a classic book yeah um do you have you read dracula uh i listened to the audio for the first time okay. like i i never read it as a kid i didn't really fall in love with reading until after i graduated high school because okay. Um, I went to a small private Christian school that forced me to read books that I did not right. enjoy reading. And so I had like this disdain for reading, but it was honestly like when Chuck Palahniuk started putting out like fight club and mm. uh, a lot of his books after that. And then uh, Charlie Houston came out. That's where I started like really falling in love with like reading. Um, and nice. then I was, when I was in college, I took some literature classes and like was able to read some classics or listen to them. So, right. But awesome, yeah, vampire man. vampires are cool in my book. Nice. Yeah, like I said, they just haven't been in like my world, you know. But like, I'm not opposed to them. Um, I'm maybe opposed to people who like think they're vampires, but that's fine. If you want to yeah. live like that, who am I to? I I can't tell you that you're not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be jumping on this, or f at least riding off to the end because I you know I did with uh, both Primordial and Maze Box yeah speaking of the two of those why don't we uh why don't we dive into those bad boys let's dive into those um again yeah so uh primordial um i i'm gonna be, i'm just gonna be completely honest um when it, i was really excited when because you told me about this series you showed me okay. you got the issue number one and you're like this looks really promising and i think you had just finished the first issue and so i went and got it yeah i i have mine too i think i might have a different issue number one I do. Mine's, I mine's bad, bagged and boarded. Like yeah, a good boy. This, this, this beauty. That's pretty. Yeah. This um, is. I have a a variant of number two. I think this is a variant. But I think this is my favorite cover. Oh my gosh. It's it's so sad. It this, is this little monkey. The 
Yeah. But uh Here, yeah, that's my number. Let's just show our, our issues and see if yeah. we have any of the same ones. Yeah, if you're that's just listening to two. the uh audio version of this, sorry if that's Primordial um, by Jeff Lemire. You can look it up anywhere on the internet. So there's number three, and I think that might be a variant as well. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Here's my number but, three. Yeah. Oh, come on. I got a really bad glare. That's okay. We'll figure it out. You have the, the plastic on. I think that hurts it. But, it, uh, does. it does. That's okay. Uh, the sacrifices you make for keeping your comic books in All right. pristine All right. condition. But uh, yeah, four. you want to... I don't... I have... No, I don't have number four on me. Do you have it? That's not hey, the one I my, have. That's so funny. <laughs> I'll have to see what issue that I have. Um, because mine... I have like... I have comics up on my wall and then I also have like stack of them down here on the like like a box i have that one that's, that's number, my number, number five. five yeah but, then, okay now that we've shown those, those beauties go on yeah <laughs> no they're they're all beautiful covers like it's yeah i i'm a sucker for like a good comic book cover um yeah because i think i i'm honestly like a sucker for like old comic book covers that are like like it's like, how is yeah. Batman gonna not lose his legs this week? And it's like, oh god, how is Batman not gonna lose his legs? You know, For like sure. that just yeah. crazy stuff. Or like Batman needs to stop the TikToker or whatever it is, the TikToker. The um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do you want to? You seem to do a lot more research on this stuff. So, you want to give us I a little did. background on this? I did. So, Primordial is this. It's it's kind of like a real life what if. Um, okay. <laughs> so the 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 dog Laika that shows up and the two monkeys, uh, what was it, uh, Abel and Mrs. Baker or Miss Baker, uh, mm. these were the real uh, animals that we like. The USSR set up uh, or sent up Laika into space. Laika never made it back. Uh, the two monkeys were sent up by the U.S. Um, they did make it back and like I think finished out their lives here on Earth. They didn't drift off in space, but it's this what if story of. All three of these animals got launched up into space and then something took them mm. and we didn't know what took them. And then, and then uh, it just becomes this journey of uh, uh, I think the main, the, the first comic starts out with uh, that doctor. He's going to like the command center and finds out like, Oh no, we're like dismantling all this. And your job is to find like what we can use for military purposes and get rid of everything else but he stumbled mm -hmm. upon all the paperwork of the heart rates of the two monkeys from the USA mm -hmm. um, to which, uh, you know, it, there was a certain time frame in which the, the government said their two ships had exploded and that they died, but they were still getting heart readings well after that time. And so mm -hmm. it took this doctor down this like rabbit hole, which led him to uh, Berlin to meet up with this woman who was kind of the, the owner of the dog. That, that, mm. that Russia sent up into space. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes this story of uh, really trying to defeat loneliness and get back to where you feel home. Mm. Um, and and the, the my favorite, favorite thing about this, this series, though, it wasn't like the storytelling was super great. And Jeff Lemire, you know, knocked it out of the park. Um, but what really told the story was uh, Andrea Sorrentino's artwork. Mm -hmm. that's like it was very mm -hmm. like uh dark side of the moon super trippy mm -hmm. um it kind of gives you vibes from like the classic uh marvel uh oh man what is his name uh jack kirby 
Yeah, Jack Kirby. Very much yeah. Jack Kirby vibes, but just like there's so much being told on each page just with the artwork and the story. Um, well, I mean, we talked about this last week of being able to paint a narrative without words, you know, mm -hmm. and this this totally does. And I mean, there's there's so little dialogue in this, mostly because a lot of the main characters are dog and monkeys and who, like, they yeah. they they speak telepathically, but it's only it's very just hungry, tired. Well, they like, they called scared. it a like the, the animals that all three animals refer to it as like the change. Like the, mm -hmm. or like the new, the new able and the new, like, uh, um, like they, they recognize the change. And then the other thing about these three animals is that they have a full story that's told too. And like, uh, I think issue two is when it's more about like Leica before, uh, being launched into space. And like, like it was this stray dog who got taken off the streets and was picked for this program. And then the, the lady that's kind of throughout the series became like the the dog's owner and so for the dog it was all about getting back home to the owner which is like understandable because you know dogs are you know man's best friend uh or humankind's best friend and so like yeah, yeah. the dog wants to get back and the two monkeys however they they didn't want to go back because mm -hmm. they were hunted down in the jungles and they were kidnapped and they were tortured and poked and prodded and then also just notice the difference too that the the dog from Russia was just treated super well by the owner after it was captured. And these mm -hmm. two monkeys by the USA was like, fuck you. Like we're yeah. going to poke and prod you and make you want to hate your life. And like, yeah. but it just became this journey again of like learning how to trust and build friendship mm -hmm. and just get back to the place where you feel at home. And it was just, to me, it was just very, very beautiful. I had to read through it. Like again, the first read through and when issue six came out, I felt very let down. I like was like I spent all this time and all this build up with the first few issues. The last issue comes out and I'm like, I don't I don't like this. Why? <laughs> and so but it drove me to like start asking questions like, why don't I like this? Like I should have loved this because I've loved it th thus far. So why didn't I like issue six? But then I just started reading more about it and like really getting into trying to understand like the mind of Jeff Lemeyer and even just uh, reading more about Andrea sarantino i think i'm saying her name right um mm. and just the works that she's also done it was just a really good pair so i think they also worked together on another um series a while back i forgot what it was called but well the, i mean the fact that he was putting out this and he was putting out primordial and maze box at the exact same time you know and i yeah. don't know if they were being worked on at the same time or if he had planned that or whatever but they're two very at least aesthetically different comics but like the fact that he was able to just put both those out at the same time is, I mean, a, a big part of that is the fact that Maze Box was just all himself, and he yeah. could just probably focus on that. But with Primordial, it was you know working with somebody else. But I I can't get over. I was also disappointed by issue six, so I'm glad that you said that. Um, but I think I'm planning on rereading it. I've never yeah. done acid, but if I would to, was to do acid, I would read this comic <laughs> while on acid because it would just be the most amazing thing because yeah. there's just several like it's just it's incredibly trippy, mind blowing. The art is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah Let and me see if, I'm going to see if I can actually pull up. There's actually a very uh, well paid tribute to Dark Side of the Moon in issue one. OK, nice. Um, um, yeah, but I. I I think I want to reread it with that with with the I knowing I think a lot of times you enjoy things yeah see that's great yeah. that 
there's so much good yeah there's so many good just and that's the thing about comics that kind of sucks is like there's so much good art but like to enjoy it all you can't just sit there and stare at it forever and that's what i wanted to do with both of these books both primordial and maze box even though the art's two completely different things i just wanted yeah yeah i just wanted to sit there and just be like look at all this you know it's it's fantastic well, and the color, the coloration of May's book to me is what told the story, mm. um, because it it just like the pages. Even if you now go back and reread all, I think I think May's book was five issues. Yeah, or six. five, not five. Um, yeah. So if you go back and read them, and like you know, when the trade paperback comes out for it, it's going to be a lot easier. But it just the pages bleed into each other, and it's like you're following that bleeding throughout throughout the, the series the run well here's what i'll say maze book felt very much like a uh children's book and i don't mean that in a bad way but i mean it how you're saying is just like this is all one story it's just there's no there's no feeling of a time of and i'm not saying this is a bad thing there's no there's no feeling of elapsed time in between anything it's just like a bad fever dream of just and this is maze box we're talking about it's just like everything yeah. is happening right after after each other and that's definitely intentional with the way that what the story is about this kind yeah. of sense of detachment and and overcoming trauma and all that kind of stuff. It, is, it has to do with grief, and that actually makes sense. Um, it the, the 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 main character is grieving over his daughter, right, who died mm-hmm. like ten years ago. There's five stages to grief, and there's five issues. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, um, I I haven't dug that deep to see if each issue deals with one of those five stages but mm-hmm. it, but definitely by the end of it like it's clear that he the main character what is uh i can't remember what his name was um i can't either um but yeah yeah i mean because they don't really say it much because it's just mostly all from his perspective but uh yeah i w- i really wouldn't be surprised if that's how it was um because i know there is a lot of denial and like i mean from the from the wife's perspective and oh yeah but uh yeah, I are we are we diving into May's book now? Um, Let's dive into May's book. Uh, sure. If we want to go back to Primordial, we can. We can. Um, yeah. Oh, jinx. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought May's May's book just seemed. I enjoy May's book more than I did Primordial, and yeah. I think part of that was because Primordial was just so um, existential. Or so big oh, yeah, totally. and so yeah. trippy. And I think uh with Maze Box is a little bit more straightforward. Um and just kind of like just simple archetypes and structures, those kind of yeah. things, you know? Yeah. Um, um I, I hate to do this, but I I gotta like real quick break. Sure. And I'll keep uh, going. I'll talk about it if you just want to go yeah, do what you gotta do. I'll be um, right back. Sure, no problem. So May's book, for those of you who haven't read it, uh, it is about a main character. Like we said, we forget the guy's name. Actually, I forgot to show you the uh, the issue number one. Um, and this will actually help explain the story a lot. So this is the main character. Uh, again, I can't forget his I can't remember his name. And this is his daughter. And she passes away. I think it's 10 years, like Mark says, in between the first uh in, yeah, in between the, uh, well, not the first, she just passes away uh, sometime back. And here's issue number two. And so there's the daughter and there's her sick. She dies of uh, cancer in the book. 
Um, and the art is done by Jeff Lemire, and it is it is just so fantastic. Um, it is very simple. So, I mean, I, I say simple, but it's 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 a a detailed simpleness or whatever, you know. Um, it's yeah, just very simple, very enjoyable. What I will say about this comic is there's again, it's there's some dialogue in it. It is a lot of just kind of straightforward. Um, yeah, this is oh, sounds like Mark coming back, but uh, it it is very much what we were. Oh, hey, buddy, I'm back. Sorry, it's all good. I was just saying that the that's that happens to the best of us, buddy. Yeah. Um, except for me because I don't got any kiddos, but uh. I was saying that this book it it does it, it does probably the best example that I know of of what we've talked about last week and a little bit this week of just pictures telling you know a picture's worth a thousand words yeah. and that's and I was just kind of looking back through one of the issues because I was showing off the covers um, was just the fact that yeah there's so little dialogue or just very like very simple dialogue I guess in both of these there was really just not a whole lot of dialogue yeah just a lot of like um yeah just the art doing a good job and especially because they're so different is so cool that like even one that's incredibly detailed and trippy versus one that's a little bit more simplistic or you know uh not as you know traditionally detailed Mm -hmm. um but yet they can both do the thing of painting uh you know a a picture telling of a thousand words or whatever the hell that saying is yeah you know what i mean um, but how did know. you en- how did you enjoy it? Up real quick. Maze yeah. book. Uh, yeah. Again, it was all after coming to an understanding of because here's where the common thread was for me with Primordial and Maze book is that I didn't like the last issue at, at first. Okay, interesting. Um, I just it didn't it it just I don't know I did I guess it, this one didn't end the way that I thought and at this point I don't know how I thought it would end. But yeah. it does. It does come to a point of uh, the main character, who, yeah, sorry, who was this guy on the right? Yeah, I showed him. I wish I could remember okay. his name. <laughs> but uh, I'll just oh, pop well. mine open real quick. Look. It's all good. Um, but yeah, he's like a he's a building inspector in like the big city, and he's just become very recluse over the last ten years. I mean, him and his wife got divorced after their daughter died. Uh, and he just really lived for work, but he was just kind of floating through life and would not find connection with other people. And like in one of the issues, even his uh, neighbor like really tried to embrace him in a way and invite him in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to thumb through and try and find his name. I don't know. Sure, no. <laughs> well, I don't. E- well, maybe he doesn't even have a name because I'm sure he does. I want to say Sam, but I don't think that that's right. Yeah. Um, but I, I, we should talk about why it's called Maze Book. His daughter was really into mazes, and I thought that that was a really yeah. good just connection that he was a you know a a, a city kind of contractor, and yeah, it was a similar thing of like understanding the layout, and so he he kind of goes into this. It's it's a very it's one of those stories that you can't tell. Well, what's real and what's not, you know, like what's yeah. actually happening, what isn't, like how much of this well, is in his mind. 
And again, just with the grief, like the main character is just at like the absolute peak of what grief is. Like Mm. he's just, he's come to a a complete time of it's been 10 years since my daughter died. I can't even remember what her face is. And then the, he followed that he gets to the maze by following the thread of the sweater from his, his dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he has a dream or no, he gets a phone call and it's like his daughter from like another dimension calling him or something. Yeah. Or is it just a nightmare or a dream? Yeah. You know, like we, it's never, I mean, it is kind of solidified by the ending, but like through the whole thing, I would say there's never really any time where it solidifies if it's real or not, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes with these kind of stories, they leave hints like they'll, or like totems or whatever it is to kind of show you that like, no, he's actually in the dream or in the, whatever it is. But this one is just like, this seems like this could just be one reality, you know, because it yeah. just seems. And this, have you read uh, Essex County at all? Essex County? That's also Lee Meyer, yeah? Yeah. Um, um, it's his... I, No, I, I I think I started reading the first issue. I think it's on Comixology, and I think I yeah. checked it out. I read, so I think there's like four arcs in it in total. Um, yeah. I read the first arc. I started on the second one. But yeah, it was it was very enjoyable, and it was this the art in this is a little bit more detailed and a little bit more colorful and not not even colorful but because that's definitely not the right word but a little bit more uh shading and uh how do you say that different shades of gray and like whatever um whereas this is a little bit uh ss county is a little bit more simplistic and straightforward but the lines or the the narrative is so interesting because the it's another one of those things where you can't tell well what's real and what's not. I would definitely encourage yeah. everyone to read at least the first arc of Essex County, E S S E X County, I think it's called. But yeah. yeah, look up that. Um, yeah, um, trying to. So think I just I look back on the artist of uh, um, Primordial. Primordial. It, it, yeah. It's I don't think it's Andrea. It might be Andre. Uh well. Yeah. Because it's, I, I'm looking at a, a picture on League of Comic Geeks, and it's 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 not a it's not a lady; it's a guy. No, so it's probably his Andre. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah he did a f- <laughs> uh, fantastic job. These are both comics that I'm pretty sure I'll go back to at some point. Um, yeah. Comics are so hard to go back to because there's just always new ones. Um, so like, there's never kind of a period of waiting. But I definitely. Primordial, I'll definitely force myself to reread just so I can enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, with Maze Box. Maze, I, I, I can't believe, I haven't really relayed this, but I cried through all of like the last. So I read these oh, two yeah. um, issues or these two comics the same way. I, start, I read like the first three of them and then I just dropped off until they were all out. And then I, yeah. I got them every week. They were part of my pool. But I just wanted to just sit with them because I didn't want to have to do the whole wait thing for another yeah. month. Um, so I just decided I'm just going to you know, f- finish this. And I kind of regret it more so with Primordial because I feel like I rushed through that to finish it and didn't really soak in what the story was trying to relay. Yeah. Um, whereas with uh, Maze Box, I kind of knew where it was going. It seemed a little bit uh, archetypical. Um, so I was like, well, I can kind of enjoy this because I, I said this earlier, but I do think you enjoy things more if you know how they end, 
Oh um, yeah. So like that's why I like going back and rereading things because it's like I can I know where this is going. I can kind of and but I also don't want you know I don't like spoiling things, so I have to read it once without spoilers, you know. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I would if you haven't read, uh, dear listeners, if you haven't uh, read any of these anything by Jeff. You know, I'm yeah. saying Lemire. You're saying Lemire. However, well, his last name is pronounced. I would definitely recommend checking them out. We may have mentioned it last week, but uh, Lee Meyer is also the guy who wrote. Is it uh, Sweet Tooth? Yep. That was on Netflix recently. Yeah, which I I would re- I haven't read Sweet Tooth. I watched the show and it was very good. Um, yeah, I actually don't think we finished it, which seems stupid. Um, I I read through the first issue of Sweet Tooth when it uh, when it was coming out. Um, but yeah, again, it's just. Jeff Lemire kind of seems to me kind of like a Stephen King in a way where it's just, you know, you're going to pick up a good story. It Mm -hmm. might not be like the best story you've ever read, but like, it's going to, it's a story that you're going to get immersed in. Right. Um, So yeah, Jeff Lemire, if you see his name on a comic book and you're wondering what it is, just, just pick it up and read it. Yeah. And especially if, I mean, I'm a big fan of like, uh, just very simple, very like, he the art that's in May's book is like my favorite kind of art. Yeah. Um, and so if if you like the art of May's book, and, and but even the art of Primordial is amazing, you know, but it's it's in its own perspective. And so I I think it's fantastic that he doesn't limit himself to just one kind of style or even just because you know, sometimes a lot of uh you know, I just looked over and I saw Ed Brubaker and he works with Sean Phillips, like just everything oh, he yeah. does is with they, Sean they wrote they yeah. wrote pulp. Yep, that's the that's what I looked at. Yeah. Um that was a, a great a there's great a comic. Series. If you want to read a good fucking comic, is pulp. I'm gonna buy that for my dad for Christmas. Who you know, my dad doesn't read comics, but it's just a, such a good story. Um yeah. but you know, so what I was saying is, you know, Jeff Jeff Lemire doesn't doesn't do that. He doesn't stick with one artist and then just do whatever. He's using different people. And I think he's smart in that sense because his art would have failed primordial and he like there's no he he would have known yeah. for sure that he wouldn't have been able to do the art for it uh if i'm being a little honest like i think little monsters he could have done the art for it i don't think it would have been as dark because i yeah. think he he mostly i think if jeff here's what i would say if jeff was to do the art for little monsters i would just suggest that he inverts it he just does white white crayon or white pencil on black you know that would have that would have been great but i don't think that would have been as enjoyable but yeah not not to say that it's yeah it's not bad i'm not trying to say that but um yeah i think it's just great that he finds artists that comp either is he knows will complement the story or that he can write a story with yeah and then also chances are if you're an avid reader of comics especially in the dc and marvel world you probably have read some of jeff lee meyer's work absolutely he's he's all over the place he's worked for uh i i think probably every publisher that's out there i think he might have like at least mainline and then main like the main like uh indie groups uh he has something out for so it's just he's been in dc and marvel the vertigo image dark horse He's got quite, quite. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, he's been all. I'm trying to. I wanted to look up how old he is. 
Oh, another um, thing that he's behind he's only is forty-five uh, too. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he's also behind Bloodshot, I think. Is he really? Yeah, let me look. Like the original Bloodshot? Uh, let's see. His first one, he has Bloodshot Reborn, Bloodshot hey. Salvation, Bloodshot USA. We just, on our Instagram page, we just won a free iPhone. So, yay, go us. Yes. Um, we're going to we make it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what else I would want to say about these things. And I, 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 out of the three Jeff Lemire books that we talked about today, there's not one of them that I wouldn't say to pick up. You know? Yeah, and a um, lot of this, if you have Comicsology, a lot of this stuff is uh, free through your subscription right now. They do so much stuff up there. He actually, yeah. um, he might be doing a story there at the. Uh, on comiXology at the moment that i can shout out real quick call um, i want to make sure that it's him uh what's something that you read by jeff lemire that wasn't these things that you enjoyed give me a second to pull this up oh let me look back here um <laughs> we're all looking back in our com uh comiXology logs and if you've ever read have. black hammer from dark horse uh, i started reading black hammer but see i this is like when i first started getting back into like really reading comic books and i was confused because it it jumps in the middle of a narrative yeah. and I was like, am I missing something or what, you know, what happened? But it was, it's, it's a really great story, black hammer and the world seems to just have built off of that. So yeah. that's another one to definitely check out. Um, but yeah, here's, here's another one too. My, uh, my daughter will come with me to the comic book shop every once in a while. And, uh, she only gets one, one, uh, series. Of, uh, and, uh, it's, uh, my little pony comics. Nice. And I'm pretty sure that Jeff Lee Meyer has the My Little Pony credit. Does he really? It. I think he might. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, you go ahead and look that up. Um, so the the series that I thought that I was reading of his on Comicsology was actually not him. It was Chip uh, Zdarsky, who I mentioned last week, who, who was going to oh, yeah. be bringing on Batman and did the, the Daredevil run, uh, one of the most recent ones. He's doing this thing called the all-nighters. Actually, you know what? I did mention that this last week. It was vampires who work in an all-night diner. So, yeah, if you're just to talk about vampires again, go ahead and check out that one. It's it's on Comixology. It's a Comixology exclusive. Comixology just kind of changed up a bunch of their stuff, and it's it's real rocky at the moment, but Comixology used to be a great app. It has yeah. a lot of really good stuff. If you know what you're looking for... I don't for, like the updates. No. Yeah. No one does. If... If you know what you're looking for, it's a good app. But if you don't know what you're looking for, it seems to have gotten worse for it. It used to be better at being more kind of user friendly and finding newer exclusive things. Yeah. Um, but now it seems like it's just a little bit more complicated to find things, which seems weird. Um, well, but, it's uh, because like it's because it it went from kind of being separate of Amazon to being a part. Yeah, like fully of Amazon. So it's like you're using an Amazon app instead of using a Comixology app now. And it, it's yeah. and like you're and I think they're trying to just get rid of it because they're, I think they're trying to like bleed it into Kindle. Because mm. if you have a Kindle app, you can you can and you have Comixology subscription, you can now read your comics on your Kindle app or your, your Kindle if you have it. Really? But then it would just yeah. be in black and white, right? I don't I don't. Uh, well, I guess, well, if it's if it's a black and white one, yeah. But if yeah, you have but a some, Kindle Fire, technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically, what I have is a Kindle Fire, and that's you know, um, yeah. Anyways, um, 
I think that hey, uh, I'm I'm mistaken. It wasn't uh, he didn't write My Little Pony. It's something that looks a lot like it from the cover. It's called yeah. Thought Bubble. Thought Bubble. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Well, there you go. Sometimes you got to capitalize off of My Little Pony. Yeah, but he's 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 he really has just been kind of all over the board and across just across yeah. the the different um, publishers. Um. Well. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think we kind of wrapped up on the comics. Did you watch yeah. the new Obi Wan trailer? I did. Um, dude, I thought we texted about this a little bit. I can't. Remember, oh, we did. But we did. But oh, we, we did. Can, we can we can talk about it on here too. <laughs> it was it was really cool to see a bunch of the Inquisitors. Um, yeah. My only problem with that is I'm like, well, I know that you won't die in this, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, the some the main inquisitor that was shown she's only been like briefly mentioned once before right um, she I, yeah i meant more of like the ones from canon already yeah but a lot of those ones that it showed uh we've seen them in rebels um mm -hmm. and uh jedi fallen order the video game right oh okay uh, so, so i didn't know that i thought i mostly just knew him from rebels i love yeah. Rebels. um i did not i when they showed the Grand Inquisitor, I was like, this doesn't look like the Grand Inquisitor to me. Like, oh, really? Well, yeah. Well, his head was too round. He's he's he. Well, yeah, his head was too round. But like the Grand Inquisitor has just always been kind of like tall and lanky and like kind of like pointy with mm -hmm. his face. Like his facial features are pointy. And then they, they're giving us, you know, a more round faced person. And it just doesn't look like the Inquisitor to me. Yeah. Um, but, I saw people were doing edits online, and well, his eyes are not the right color. They didn't even put contacts in them. Yeah. Um, um, but here's here's something that uh, if if you've watched, uh, uh, I watch new rock stars for a lot of uh, Marvel and Star Wars content. They're just really good at delivering some pretty good content on that. But mm -hmm. his breakdown of the trailer pointed out how much of John Williams' uh, music, because he's back for Obi Wan. He's doing the music for Obi Wan and. Uh, how much the the music really keys in on the scenes that are shown mm. in the trailer and so it's just like it evokes the emotion of like the dynamic between obi-wan and anakin um and uh you also heard uh oh man there's like a certain instrument because he also did the harry potter music and you know like the main like and it's done on a certain instrument that i can't remember the name of uh that's now been integrated into some of his work for star wars too <laughs> nice for like obi-wan and it's it's pretty cool so you can check that video out um to get a little more details on that trailer but i'm excited for obi-wan um and oh, if you haven't too. to keep it more on the comics if you haven't at least find star wars run from 2015 i think it's like issues issue six or something like that i think yeah i think it's like 513 and like there's three of them there's three issues that there's actually more but there's three that deal directly with obi-wan um, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi and on my, uh, Golden Harp Saloon channel, I've done a breakdown of the first Obi-Wan. Well, I did, I didn't do a breakdown. I did like the, my own storytelling of it. Right. Um, so if you want to get a quick glimpse there, you go check out that channel, which has kind of been on hiatus for a while, but it's there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm very excited for this series. Um, I think just the idea of like, I think it's, we know we know obi-wan right we know who he is and his relationship to the the story but it's so yeah. it'll be so interesting to see a man how what is it what's it like for a man to see you know, to have a padawan 
And yeah. for that Padawan to have a complete fall from grace, but then you have to protect that man's child, you know? Yeah. And just the, if thinking about that, like if I was that person, you know, I don't have anybody in my life that I'm training, but like, that would be such an interesting dynamic of just like, yeah, it, that's, that's such an interesting story because it's yeah. not a very common story. That's not a, that's not a typical archetype, typical, you know, role to play. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's in exile and, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those, it's, it's so interesting, man, because it's kind of like one of those real life stories where somebody was forced into a situation that they didn't want to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause most people, at least, you know, in our world, we get to live like the life that we want for the most part. And then a tragedy comes. It, it's, you know, just to talk about Ukraine, just to make it real. And just yeah. like there are people in there who are just living a normal life and then all of a sudden everything changes. And it's like that's what it's like for him. And it's be so interesting to have that perspective to, to like to to hear the perspective of someone who was forced out of a regular life and forced into hermitude or forced into um uh what's the word exile, you know, like mm -hmm. It's it'll just be very interesting, and obviously yeah. it'll be lonely and sad. And I'm I'm more curious about what the, um, I think somebody might be knocking on your door there. Sound, uh, oh. but uh, oh yeah, it is. Hey, sweets. Hi. That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I'll tell I'll tell you more later. Okay. <laughs> that's precious. Um, but yeah, it's I. I'm more curious to see what the story is going to be. I'm very interested in that because I think what's going to be like, well, what's, what's so important in this time that's worth jumping into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. And it's, uh, I think some of the premise too is built on, um, just the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader in a new hope. And mm -hmm. when Vader says like last time we met, you know, he admits like that he wasn't, um, the stronger of the two. Uh, and a lot of people think that uh, he wasn't referring to his fight as Anakin Darth Vader in episode three. So we that's and that's why there's all this buzz about uh, Hayden Christensen bringing his or reprising the role of Darth Vader Anakin. And yeah. are we going to see the struggle of Anakin within Darth Vader when facing these obstacles about Obi-Wan? And we don't even know in what like what what's going to happen yet, but. Right. It's just—it's going to be very interesting to see how that all unfolds, and if there is this this new epic fight between, which I hear is guaranteed, a new epic fight between yeah. Vader and Obi Wan. So here's a question for you: In canon, um, now in in comic canon, Darth Vader finds out very late. I think he finds out post New Hope that Luke is his kid, right? And it's before Empire Strikes Back. I'm pretty yeah, it's, sure it's in between. Yeah, he finds out because he wouldn't have run. known about him prior to that. He wouldn't have known that he thought yeah. he died, you know. Um, yeah, I don't remember what issue it's in, but yeah, the, it's one of the I think the 2015 runs. It's yeah, post A New Hope, but before Empire Strikes Back, where he I think realizes... it's I think it's in a Darth Vader comic. I don't think it's in Star Wars. I think. Oh, it's yeah, Vader. I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if they're going to change that. I wonder if they're going to be like him finding out in this that he has a kid. Well, I really hope not. I hope, hope I don't. Not. I don't think that Vader and Obi-Wan are going to meet on Tatooine. Uh, yeah, I, hope not. 
because yeah. it's pretty clear that there's another planet involved that's a little bit more again blade runnery blade like a blade yeah. like a blade runner meets uh obi-wan does some, a blade some, runner. some like major like metropolis city in asia like that's what yeah. it looks like yeah. and that's where we see the the main grand or the main inquisitor uh what's her name uh kira or K- can't remember can't remember um but yeah so i think like she's probably gonna square off against obi-wan and that's gonna be on that planet and the question is is like is ahsoka gonna come and watch over luke if obi-wan goes off planet or is uh are we gonna see one of uh, our favorite uh, clone troopers uh return uh to watch over him because obi-wan's not the only one who knows that luke's alive um, yeah. obviously the organas know that he exists as well so it's just there's gonna i think it's just gonna be really really fun and then i also noticed too when i was looking at like the credits for cast and crew that i don't think floney and favreau have anything to do with obi-wan really yeah um i mean that's good to some degree it's good in the in the sense that it like something that star wars is really good at again then we see it with higher public is like bringing in authors who uh can tell the story and like tell Mm -hmm. a, a new complete story from again a certain point of view I feel like that's what Star Wars is very much based on is just from a certain point of view. So Floney and Favreau have their stuff going and I think Obi-Wan's just something new and Deborah Chow, who's directing it, she did direct uh, some of the first season of Mandalorian. Mm. Um, okay. But but like the writer uh, and producer uh, listing is is different. Like it doesn't include the the two uh, hmm. the two the two big guys. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to an hour and a half, buddy. You want to you want to try to land this plane? No. <laughs> uh, that's precious. I could do this all day. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could too. I know. But um, yeah, uh, to everybody out there who's uh, listening and uh, if you joined us live, like, thank you. Uh, Tim and I really enjoy doing this. We enjoy sharing conversations with people. And if you want to keep a conversation going with us, please hit us up on any of the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, you can find our link to for Linktree, I think, on, on Instagram. So if Yeah, you I should have put that in the description below. Maybe I'll, yeah. I don't have it there currently, but once this goes up, I'll probably edit it and put our Linktree in oh, there. I'm, I'm looking at it. I, it's not at Mark Dillon. It's at Mark Dills. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. Jesus. So just oh, take gosh. the O-N off the end and put an S, and that's All where right. you'll find me on Instagram. Uh, Sorry about that. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm uh, at Stoned and Nerdy. I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram under that account. And we also have a Twitter. Uh, not very on that very much. We have an Instagram. We'll be on there a lot. Um, TikTok. Yeah, you said all these things. So just go and give us a follow. Um, yeah. And if there's comic books that you've read that you really enjoyed and you're not sure if we've read it, suggest it. I like, yeah. I love suggestions more than anything. Or, or, yeah, I mean, just tell us what, you know, we want to hear what you're reading this week. What are your pulls for this week? So, yeah, you can be a pull box pal with us. Yeah. All I got to do is just have a pull box pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, everybody. Well, uh, thank you. I don't know when we're doing the next one, but we will keep you posted. And uh, make sure you stay nerdy, friends. Stay nerdy. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.